listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 On a day in which we are just a little more than 24 hours away from the start of the NFL season, we have a closeout situation potentially tonight in the NBA bubble. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? I'm going to go with Giannis. Usually it's odds-driven. We do have odds on it, but this is such a big story. And what we're going to go over here, and we talked about it yesterday, is how historic Milwaukee losing in this round is. It's not just, oh, one of the three favorites with the Lakers and Clippers. One of the three favorites got beat. No, this is like something that doesn't happen every five years, every ten. It has happened never. Like this is a never kind of happened situation. And we're going to break that down. How big of a loss, how unlikely it is Milwaukee to lose in this round. What does it mean about the truth of Miami? Yeah, we'll talk about that, but also, where does Giannis go? I think there's a lot of questions here. Yeah, the reigning MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, is leaving the NBA bubble, and he's got company. The Milwaukee Bucks will join him after they fall 103-94 to the Miami Heat last night. Miami wins the series in five games, advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals. And we didn't have the benefit of your insight yesterday, Jonas. We talked about this a little, so maybe let's just start there, is... What's your impressions, and let me frame it very specifically, what's your impressions regarding the impact, how consequential is it that Milwaukee lost when it comes to Giannis and his career? Because to me, we can go back and say, well, Jordan didn't win it till year seven or eight, and LeBron didn't win it till year seven or eight, I think both in the same range. And of the great players... I mean, Duncan, I can't remember. What year would Duncan have won it? They won it. They were early. But Duncan wasn't the best player necessarily. You know, if you really think Kobe didn't win it for a while, it's just the idea that, oh, you better win the first couple times or there's big problems. It's not something that a Jordan fan would say is true. Jordan's had the best career of all time, didn't win it for a while. Obviously, same thing with LeBron. But on the other hand, there is this narrative that, oh, my God, they didn't win it. He's got to get out of Milwaukee. What do you think the truth of it is? I I think there's a little bit of an overreaction. Um, They didn't look good at all, and I'm not going to try and claim that they did. They actually look like the lower seed in this series as opposed opposed to vice versa. Miami was better from the start. But I I don't think that we just all of a sudden say he's got to get out of there because this environment and this situation is so unique. If this were a normal season and they got to the postseason and looked like this, I would say, yeah, maybe we got to start making some changes and think about the future. I just don't know based on the uniqueness of what is happening in the NBA right now if you start making long-term adjustments based on this. You know, that's a take I haven't heard is we got to take this year with a grain of salt. We've said it, Steve, that, hey, the chance of a non-favor, and let's be clear, there were three favorites coming in, Clippers, Lakers, Milwaukee. Now, you had a, a Milwaukee ticket that you were ballyhooing for seemingly years, it seemed like. How are you feeling on that? Confetti. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you keep it for tax. <laughs> tax purposes. I mean, at least it's a tax deduction. Right? Every loss. Now, here's the thing about the government. They'll let you deduct your losses if it takes away wins. But if you lose in a year, deal with it. 
How how do you feel about that, Steve? It's been a good year. I, <laughs> I should not have ripped it up. <laughs> so, I think Jonas has a good point. Our point was, hey, typically the best team wins in the NBA more than any other sport in the playoffs. Why? Seven-game series? And the amount of luck in the games is less than, let's say, baseball or hockey, other seven-game series, where one swing of the bat can be three-eighths of the runs, three runs out of eight total. Where in basketball, no one play is worth more than three points out of 200-plus, typically. So think back, when's the last time, other than last year, in which there was catastrophic injuries for Golden State, when is the last time that it's like, boy, that best team didn't win the NBA title? It's almost every year they do, right? Right, yeah. I mean, it really is, if you go back in history and start, let's say, the modern era of 79-80, when Magic won his first one in his rookie year, is you can say one of the five or seven best players of all time were on 80% of the champions. It just wasn't these. There wasn't the thirty to one shots entering, the, and then even when they are, it ends up in hindsight they were great. Like Gold State was a twenty to one underdog when they won their first title, but in hindsight maybe they shouldn't have been right. And that's even rare. Meaning usually it's Jordan comes in and he wins it. Shaq and Kobe come in and they win it. Duncan wins it. This year we thought, hey, maybe there's a chance for one of the second tier teams to surge. And what we're seeing is Boston, a second-tier team, is now amongst the favorites. And we'll read those in a second. And also, if you look at it now, Miami, a second-tier team, has emerged as a first-tier team. What's the current title odds in the NBA? Clippers are favored, plus 185. Lakers, number two choice, plus 240. The Heat, number three, four to one. Jeez, Boston, four to one. Boston, five to one. So what were the Heat entering, let's say the bubble or, or you know, some time period uh, you know, before the playoffs? 40 to 1 right as they entered the bubble. Wow. So 40 to 1 to 4 to 1. <laughs> yeah. That seems like a heck of a surge. But 8 and 1, and the only loss was, you know, that close game in game four against Milwaukee. They handled Indiana, won every game by nine points. They're really playing great ball. Yeah, Celtics were 20 to 1 now, 5 to 1. Jonas, who did you have in the Heat Milwaukee series? I had Miami. Oh, yeah. Fez, you did too. I did. So it's been, oh, you, are you going to act like <laughs> falsely modest right now? I paid for my Milwaukee losses. I mean, you're like, I did, yeah. <laughs> just say, I mean, like, like, just say it. Listen, I'm as good. Maybe you should just tell the truth. Like, let's have 30 seconds where you tell the truth about how good you think you are. Oh my goodness! You caught me on the spot here. <laughs> no, I, I mean just, just really, just you shouldn't have to think about well, it. Well, I called an audible on this one. Not only did I go ahead and take Miami plus five in game one, but I said, you know what? This line looks crazy to me at plus three fifty. Guess who shows up for no reason at all to get his grandstanding and hot dogging in? You man. I mean, why would he take Showtime with that, Jonas? <laughs> well, I, I mean, think he could. You also, uh, if you remember, you kind of painted him into a corner and challenged him on picking the Blazers in their series against the Lakers, and he did kind it. of in a corner. <laughs> I know I shoved him <laughs> in the corner, it. and he did it. So I think he was really motivated to get something right in the second round. Well, listen, and and the funny thing <laughs> is, he did call the audible because he liked it in Game One. So Steve Fezzik, let's give him credit. He's been winning like crazy. You know, the funny thing is. He said this a long time ago, Jonas. He goes, you know, RJ, I never thought I'd be the underdog, but people like me because the way you beat up on me. It's like, <laughs> it makes you beloved. 
Uh, true or not? Oh, I'm a sympathy figure in our bets. People are rooting for me to win just so, hey, Fez, you haven't beaten RJ in like a month and a half. Good to see you maybe get this one. And let's be honest, you're not sympathetic. I mean, it no. took a Herculean effort. No. <laughs> be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's talk about how unlikely it is that Milwaukee lost. And we said this yesterday. We'll say it quickly. It bears repeating. Net margin is how many points do you win by? So let's say, for example, you win by two in one game, you lose by two in the next. Your net margin is zero. Your average is zero. Now, if you win the third game by three, your net margin is one. Okay, think about that because there's a plus three over three games. Three divided by three equals one. Okay, so over time, there's only been a handful of teams that's had a net margin of double digits, where they've averaged winning by 10 points or more. And there are these certain thresholds of net margin over the course of a season. In other ways, to say point differential, in which if you're this good, you tend to win it. We thought, wait a minute, Milwaukee was mighty good last year. They didn't win it. They were mighty good even better this year. They didn't win it. So we said, let's take a two-year sample, because now we've got, what, 164 games to consider typically, though a few less this year. Who's been the best net margin teams of all time, and how did they do? Okay. Kareem's Bucks, 70 through 72, were the best. They won at least one title. The Bulls in 95 through 97, they won multiple titles. Golden State, 15 through 17, won titles. Golden State, 14 through 16 two-year periods, right? Titles. Chicago, 90 to 92. Titles. The sixth best team in a two-year average of net margin, this Milwaukee's Bucks team over the last two years. These are some of the greatest teams of all. Think about two from the Bulls, which is one of the greatest and all greatest dynasties ever in basketball, pre-Celtics or post-Celtics. Golden State, maybe, if it's not the Bulls, the best dynasty ever. Or four of the five top, top spots. Kareem in his prime in there. And then this team. So over regular season, this is one of the greatest teams we've ever seen. In fact, the top eight, the top eight two-year net margin teams won at least one title. Milwaukee being the exception at number six. I mean, Jones, first of all, did you have a sense beyond the math of Milwaukee being that dominant over the last two years. Yeah, I mean, I knew they were good, but I think you guys were the first ones to point it out. Just, no, 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 they're, they're not just good. They're historically good. Like, what we're watching is not, is not normal when it comes to the NBA, and that's why I think so many people just viewed them taking the next step now that Kawhi had left and gone to the Western Conference, and they were going to be that team to represent the East, and then everything got shut down, which is why I remember having a conversation with you guys on, on the air about the fact that even with all that time away, it was like the books still kept the same odds. There was no adjustment made, almost like they didn't know what to do, but, so they but, just but rolled But what would over. have been the rational adjustment in your mind? That's that's the thing. I just I thought, well, would they maybe figure in the fact that, okay, well, it's been a shutdown. There's no home court advantage. There's no, And it didn't seem like they baked any of that into it. They just rolled over what was previously the odds set when, the, when there was the shutdown of the season. I mean, I, I think the one area I agree with you is the better teams should have been, or the higher seeded teams should have maybe not been as big of a favorite because of lack of advantage. 
But boy, that's a smidge, over, especially over the course of you know title wise. Should only matter if it's a seven game series, right? Well, it only would matter, yes. right? But but again, it it's meaningful too because having the first two games, if you get down 2-0, it's kind of tough, even though sure. in theory you just got to hold serve for a while. It's tougher teams to think like and that. And easier to get a sweep and have a shorter series as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually disagree with that. We can debate that when we have more. Because my thinking is if you're close to a sweep level team, you got a better chance of playing all neutrals because you're going to be seven, eight points better every game. When you're at their place in game three, that's the toughest yeah. one to win, right? Yes. So I actually think no home court advantage um, makes series shorter if it's a dominant situation mm. from one of the teams. And we saw that in the East in all the 4-0 series. Yeah, it, it feels like it. because and, and plus, you don't have the travel. And, and again, this bubble has been fascinating to me because there's a lot of variables we just never deal with. And to me, as a gambler, the thing that interests me, that keeps me engaged with it, is I've been doing... Listen, I'm in my 40s. It, I'd start late 40s. I did this since I was 14. I started betting since I was 14. I've bet almost every day since I was 14. Just the truth. Statute of limitations is up, so I'm fine is I learn new things at least once a week, you know, if not multiple times. Imagine you're doing this for decades and decades and there's still new stuff. This bubble was entirely new. I was fascinated by it. What we'll talk about in the weeks to come is the idea of the difference between a really good regular season team and a playoff a title winner. Is You might think it's the same, but what we've seen is getting those tough buckets in those close games that you don't get in transition is what Giannis has struggled with. And it's also, quite frankly, what uh, I think it's fair to say it's both the lack of transition, but it's also not having a number two. Can someone, if Giannis isn't the one, to, uh, think back to the old Jordan games. When they needed a shot, I wasn't a huge Jordan fan at the time, but like he had the ball. He might throw it to Kerr. He might do whatever. He had, Giannis doesn't even have that handle. He, he might not even have the ball at the end. Now, does that mean you can't win with Giannis? No, but it means you better have somebody that could take that ball at the end. And, I mean, from what I see, Milwaukee didn't have a title-level guy to be handling the ball. Like, like even a Jimmy Butler was with Philly a while back and has been with Miami – Jimmy Butler instead of Middleton, I think Milwaukee probably wins it. Yeah, and you nailed it. Middleton pretty much disappeared. He finally shot 50% for a game, but yeah, had a long he, stretch. He not only struggle. had a bad series, though, I agree, but he also isn't the type of player that you want to run your offense through down one with 30 seconds yes. left. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. We are now at team number two, and that team is the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Ravens number two. By the way, one of the nice things about being in Vegas, right next to the Strip, sometimes people just wander in. Matty Holt is in. He has a mic pulled up. U.S. Integrity, former bookmaker. He's one of the better ones of that bunch. But now Integrity is his game. And I figure I've been beating up on Fez enough. Maybe Matty will have a little counterpunch. Let's hear what is your pick over under Ravens, by the way, the win total, 11 and a half out of 16 games. What do you got? Lean over 11 and a half wins, and it's all about this Raven team actually being a little underrated, RJ. People forget this Ravens team was playing as well as any team in the NFL second Whoa, half of on. the year. They were playing as good as any team in the NFL has ever played. 
Yeah, it was just incredible. Yeah, but that's very different than like he had they had a six week stretch that they were as good as anyone in the NFL. They were as good as anyone in the history of the NFL over about an eight week stretch. If you just look at the ATS margin. What was the spread? How much did they win by? It was historic, the Ravens. Yes, 10-0 straight up, 9-1 against the spread, and they weren't playing cupcakes. They were beating teams like the 49ers, Seattle, New England, and the Rams. And they had many double-digit ATS wins. So this team last year, unequivocally, the Ravens were better. Their performance last year was better than the Chiefs. Up until the playoffs. Absolutely right. But it's just a lean, and here's why. That unique offense that Baltimore runs. Now we've had a year. Teams go ahead and got to see more film. They get to go ahead and game plan for it. And because of that, and let's face it, 11.5 is a sky-high number. Well, I'm, I'm, confu- I'm confused. What offense did they run in 2018, Baltimore, in the second half of the year? Same offense. So they had the offseason to try to address it. How'd they do last year, the opponents? But this is the year they're going to figure it out. And Harbaugh has been in a coma, I'm guessing, not thinking of any counter moves. Mm, and you know he'll have counter moves. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So why do you like the uh, – I'm confused why it's just the lean, other than you're just risk-averse. You know, as a pro, better playing over 11.5. If anything goes wrong, any key injury to Lamar Jackson, you're dead in the water. It's a good point. With COVID, the chance of a team having a week, it's almost like a, a forced loss – goes up, right? So I, in general, am less inclined. I think I agree. Oh, I know I agree with you. Big, big totals, I don't want to go over, either in player props or on team wins. And the other point I would make is when six of your 16 games come against your division opponents, you have to look at what's the feel of the division. And the consensus in the marketplace this year is that both Cleveland and Pittsburgh are better than last year. And if that's true, you have to imagine the idea of going 4-0 and against those teams dramatically decreases. And the other side of it is everyone talks about this Baltimore schedule and how easy it is. And I agree, but their three easiest games, the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Bengals, come in the last three weeks of the season, and it's also very possible with, with any delays. Locked to, up. Yeah, that well, they're locked up. It could be up. they're locked up and they're not playing hard. To, Correct. Like that they're years. resting starters at that point. Suddenly those games aren't as much of a lock if Lamar Jackson and all the starters are on the bench. So that, I mean, just the, the counteractive to the over 11 and a half. Matty Holt, usintegrity.com. Fez, you lean over. But you got a best bet on a prop. Yeah, prop bet Lamar Jackson under 975 rush yards, RJ. And I got to be honest, this is a gut pick. Lamar Jackson, 1,200 rush yards last year, so he's going to have to rush a lot less to go under 975. So what's the, what's driving your gut? You know, I see a quarterback in the NFL at 1,000 yards, and it's just so high, he has to stay healthy, he has to rush the ball a dramatic amount, and I just think everything has to go right for him to get there. Yeah, I agree with that. Here's what causes me not to like your pick. I don't like the over, but I don't like the under rush yards either, and here's why. This is his contract year, effectively. A great quarterback, after year three, they're going to re-sign him. If he has a monster year, Lamar Jackson will get signed for what? $350, $400 million? If he has a stinker, who knows what they do? Maybe they don't even... Maybe they get his 50-year option and wait a year. This could be generational wealth. And what happens when a running quarterback feels like the stakes are higher? What do they do? They run. Yeah. They run. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.